Welcome back to Happy and Healthy. My name is Janina Mopola. <laughs> and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you guys are having a great Tuesday. I'm filming this on a Thursday, but are we surprised? Um, so I'm really excited, gearing up for the weekend, preparing for a crazy weekend that is coming up. And um, I am just feeling really good. You guys, it dropped down to, which to some people this is going to sound so crazy, but 60 degrees this morning. It was like 68 degrees. And anytime it's anything below like 75 degrees, your girl's going on a run. So I did. And I went on a three mile run this morning around the lake. It was absolutely amazing and unreal. And I was just in the best mood. And so that was amazing. And I made banana pancakes. And I've just been in like such a great mood this morning. And I just hope you guys are as well. If you're not, I'm so sorry. I'm praying that your day gets better. I am drinking a Celsius. Now I know some people have been coming for me for drinking these. And I understand why, because some people are having like legit health problems. So y'all everything in moderation. I do not drink one of these every single day. I, if anything, drink with them maybe once a week. That's literally about it. But today I just needed a little extra pick-me-up. So cheers. I'm drinking kiwi guava. That's my favorite flavor. Ah, my favorite. And it's just getting more cozy. October's upon us. It's September 29th today, which is crazy. I don't, I feel like, like literally September I blinked and it was just gone. But I feel like we always say that for every single month, but that's just genuinely how I feel. I'm like, where did it go? <laughs> but I'm ready. October is going to be probably one of the craziest months of my life, though. I'm going to be out of town majority of the month, which is kind of crazy. But you know what? I feel blessed, but I'm just trying to find some balance and rest in the midst of all of that. But all good things. So anyway, today's episode, I'm really excited slash nervous for today's episode. I am doing a solo episode today and I'm really excited for that. And it feels like I haven't done one in a while, which I know I have, but I was talking to someone this past weekend and she said she listened to my podcast and she told me that she actually preferred solo episodes from me above the ones with guests, which I thought was kind of crazy and interesting. And I think I'm always like, dang, like, do they want to hear what I have to say? And I mean, obviously y'all do, but sometimes I doubt myself and I'm like, there's no way they want to hear what I have to say. But she was like, no, I prefer your solo episode. So today is a solo episode and I'm really, really excited because I have some thoughts and I have just some opinions and I have so many things that are just on my heart and my mind. And I've been waiting for this type of episode to finally drop one where I could just talk about what's been going on. And in my life, there hasn't been really anything that I've been like super passionate to talk about until now. And I want to talk today about being set apart living above reproach, and what happens when leaders and pastors and worship leaders fail? What happens when that happens? And some of my thoughts on just kind of cultural Christianity of what's been going on and seeing, you know, worship leaders not living above reproach and just my opinions on that because I do think a lot of people come to me when that happens and they're like, did you see what happened to Dante Bo or whatever? And there's just personal things in my own life. And um, I am not here in today's episode to throw any shade. I'm not here to throw any tea, not here to gossip. I'm just simply here to give a fresh, different perspective and just my own opinions on 
this stuff and how it influences me and affects me as a Christian leader, as someone that has a podcast, as someone that is in the quote unquote limelight that you guys are watching and you're asking me for opinions and advice and how do I handle X, Y, and Z. And so I just want to talk a lot about this topic, about being a Christian in living set apart and being in the light. And this is not just for leaders. This is for people in general. I am going to have a lot of scripture today because I just think I have to. And if you don't know, my name's Janine. I'm a Christian and I am a firm believer in just Jesus and what he's done in my life. And I am never claiming to be perfect. I'm never claiming to be perfectly holy or godly because I know there's plenty of areas that I need growth and refinement in. And that's why You know, my friends do that. My roommate does that. My people in my life, my parents, my family, like people calling me out because being in the limelight is not easy. We have seen numerous times, countless times, pastors, leaders, worship leaders, who authors falling. It's sad. It really is sad. And so this is not just about leaders, but this is about your own walk with Christ as well. And what does it look like for you to be set apart? What does it look like for you to live in the light? Because the Bible tells us to live in the light. And so that is what I want to talk about today, because in light of all the recent situations been going on with, you know, Matt Chandler or Dante Bo or just the other people we've seen, Carl Lentz, like so many people, people are starting to look at them and be like, okay, if we're supposed to look up to these people. We're supposed to imitate what they're doing. We're supposed to have them be an example. And then yet they fall. How are we supposed to trust anyone else? Like if this, if these people are the pinnacle or the epitome of a Christian leader, and then they fall, like, how are we supposed to trust anyone else? And I understand that that's the mentality or the mindset that some people are having, but I just want to, you know, just put it out there that these are human beings. I'm a human being. Everyone you're watching is a human being. And yes, we are called to live above reproach because the Bible is so clear. I'm going to read um, this one scripture. I have a lot of verses in front of me, so please bear with me as I scroll through them and search through them. But the Bible even says in James 3, 1, that not many of you should be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. So the Bible is even being like, yo, A lot of y'all want this fame and success until someone comes to you and calls you out. A lot of y'all want to be on stages until you see that it calls you to live more accountable and more above reproach. A lot of y'all want the followers. A lot of y'all want the numbers. A lot of y'all want the fame until you see that you will be judged more strictly, that there are more eyeballs on you. And so it's like, I almost tell people, I'm like, don't wish for this. Like, I think a lot of people that are in the limelight, they always say like, I would never wish this upon anyone. And people could look at them and be like, wait, what? Why? I don't, I don't understand. Like you're reaping all the benefits. Why would you not want other people to have that? But it is because when you do get there, it does come with a lot more um, stuff. It comes with a lot more accountability, a lot more pressure, a lot more opinions, a lot more people commenting and watching your every move. And so you are held double accountable. You are called to live more above reproach and live a different lifestyle and to make sure that who you are on stage, online, is the same person that you are off stage and offline. It's so important. And this is something that I have to process all the time too, is like as being a Christian leader and a Christian influencer, I have to think about this all the time. This is something that Maddie and I discuss all the time. We just sit in our living room couch and we're like, 
How are we going to be different in a world of people falling left and right and people making decisions that you never thought they would make? How are we going to be different? How are we going to make sure that we hold each other accountable so that we don't be just another statistic, that we don't become just another person that they're like, oh, yep, I was waiting for them to fall. I knew there was something fishy going on. We don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. And I'm going to just blatantly say, like, I have not lived a perfect life at all. Like, I am not here to be like, yay, I'm perfect, because that would be a lie. That would be a dang lie. And I've always said this, and I've said it once, and I'll say it again. But if y'all are looking to me to be your savior, God help us all. Because I am not your savior. You cannot look to me to be your end-all, be-all, your, your perfect saint, because that's just not me. I am trying to live a holy life because the Bible does say, be holy as I am holy. And so I'm trying to be holy as God has called me to be, but I can never do that perfectly because I am not Jesus. Jesus was the only person that didn't sin and that lived a perfect, blameless, holy life. So I'm going to fall at some point. I pray and I hope that that's not the case, but I am still struggling with sin in areas of my life. I just want to kind of talk about that because... It, it is scary. Like, it's like we're all waiting on the edge of our seats for someone else to fall. And I don't want to be a statistic. I don't want to be another person that just adds to that where someone's like, see, that's the reason why I don't trust Christians. That's the reason why I don't believe in any of this bull crap. Like, you're the reason. If anything, I want to be, I want someone to look at me and be like, that's the reason why I believe God. That's the reason why I trust in him and see his goodness. And I want to open my Bible and I want to go back to church and I became set free from sin. I want to help aid in that, not take you away from that. Like it would break my heart if someone looked at me and people probably do. People might look at me and be like, ew, that's tacky. She's the Christian girl cliche. And sure, go ahead and call me that. But if being a Christian girl cliche and that's tacky to you or whatever means that people are being set free and I'm walking in my true identity and I'm joyful and I feel purposeful and I'm happy and I know I am saving souls for the kingdom that people are going to heaven because of the difference that I'm trying to make in the life that that I'm trying to live and the legacy I'm trying to leave, then amen. Like, call me crazy. Call me your Christian cliche girl. I know that people could look at me and be like, ew, you've changed. I have changed and thank God I've changed because I've never been more happy and set free in my life than now. Like truly, like I I promise you. And so if that's what it means to look crazy to the world, I want it. Sign me up. Like I'm here for it because that is the mark of the Christian is that we will be hated as Jesus was hated. We will be persecuted as Jesus was persecuted. And the Bible even says, blessed are those that are persecuted for they shall see the kingdom of God. And that's what I want. I will be hated. People don't like me. I know they don't. People probably gossip about me on websites and people in my real life probably gossip about me. But if that means I'm saving souls and people are being set free, let's freaking go. Let's go. (laughs) Like I'm here for it. And being set apart is, is doing things that no one else does. It's being different when, when no one else is being different. It's, it's leaving the bar or not even going to the bar or not going to the party or not wearing what people are wearing. You're not saying what people are saying. When someone else is cussing or they're gossiping, you leave or you walk away or you say, Hey guys, I actually don't think that we should be talking behind this person's back or just simply quieting your mouth. Because I believe in Proverbs, it talks a lot about like in Ecclesiastes 3 of knowing when to speak. There's a time to speak and there's a time to be silent. 
sometimes there's a time to speak up and be like, I don't think we should talk about this. And then a time where you should just simply be like, I'm leaving. Like, I don't even want to participate. And, and both can have an effect in different ways. But sometimes it's just simply not even participating. And people will notice when you are set apart, even if it's just one time. But the more you do it, the more that you... All right, part of today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. And I just, I like working with them because I'm going to always be an advocate for mental health and seeking out counseling and mentorship. Um, I recently just started working with them again. I match with a counselor under 48 hours, which is amazing. And if you don't know what BetterHelp is, it is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone if you don't want to. I know life can get crazy. It can be overwhelming. Many people are burned out and without even knowing it, symptoms can include lack of motivation or feeling helpless or trapped or detached or fatigued. And we don't want that for you. I really want you to take care of yourself. And I know God wants you to take care of yourself as well. And so really recommend you guys talk to someone if you need help. And that's again, where better help can come in. It's also much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So if you're worried about money, it is way cheaper. I can confirm that. And so just so you guys know, better help is going to be giving you guys a discount. And so my happy, healthy listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash healthy. That's betterhelp.com slash healthy. Check it out. This podcast is brought to you by Waterdrop, the new go-to hydration drink. And I'm really excited to be working with them because I work with them in the past and I absolutely love Waterdrop. I think I use them literally every single day in my water. It's basically just this little cube and you drop it into your water. It's called their micro drinks and it adds some flavor. It adds some vitamins to your water with no added sugar. So it really just encourages me to drink more water. And obviously we know drinking enough water is super, super important. It helps our bodies function properly and keeps our minds sharp. Not drinking enough water obviously can lead to loss of concentration, headaches, dizziness, etc. Water Drop has the perfect solution that encourages you to drink more water, but in a sustainable way because they are very big on sustainability. Water Drop also has launched this new smart cap called Lucy, the perfect solution to your hydration needs. It's an electronic cap for your water bottle with an innovative UVC purification function destroying up to 99.99% of potential contaminants, keeping your bottle clean and odor free. It also syncs up with your smartphone to actually send reminders throughout the day when you're not hitting your personal hydration goals, which I think is so freaking cool. So also another thing that I love about them is that their bottles have so many different designs. So you guys can go to their website. They sell beautiful glass and steel bottles, which all work with the new Lucy Smart Cap. I've chosen a yellow bottle as well as this really pretty glass one. And I just like the way they look as well. So if you guys want to check them out, definitely go to the website. You guys can head to Waterdrop website and get a special discount for listening of this podcast browse their lucy range as well as large collections of micro drinks glass and steel bottles corrupts glasses and more you guys can use the discount code happy 15 to get 15 percent off definitely check it out you guys separate yourself and, and go against the crowd and take the narrow path that is harder it is the path of more resistance i understand that but it's worth it because people will notice when i don't drink or if i do something different People say, oh, why don't you drink? And this is something I did want to talk about because I do drink. And this is somewhere that I've been, something I've been very, very convicted in. I don't get drunk. I'm not, you know, drinking in excess. But even being in a public setting as a Christian leader, being around non-believers, I do believe that alcohol can be confusing. And I do think that people could look at me and be like, okay, 
you, you know, post this online and then yet I see you having two drinks here. That's a little bit confusing. And so, yes, do I want to have two margaritas? Absolutely. But that's been something I've been highly challenged in and convicted in of being like, is it necessary? And why? Why have two margaritas? What is the benefit of the two margaritas? And I'm not here to be legalistic. I am not here to be religious because I don't want to preach that. I still think it's okay for me to have a margarita. But also, I do think if I was in a public setting and I had a follower or a subscriber that saw me out and they see me going to the bar and then getting another drink at the bar and then they're like, wait, that's a little confusing to me. Why is she doing that when she's online claiming oh, guys, don't get drunk, blah, blah, blah. I don't drink very much. And yet they could see me having one drink and they could assume I could be having action reality one drink and they could assume, oh, she's super drunk. That's probably confusing for people. And so I've been very challenged in that. I don't have it perfectly figured out, but that's the type of stuff that I've been thinking about, about like, huh, I do need to live above reproach. I need to sacrifice my desires and my needs more to help people and save people. And as I've seen culture and leaders and pastors shift to compromise and how the small compromises matter, those small little daily decisions amount to something massive to where one day someone falls and then someone's like, how did they fall? Oh my gosh, how did that happen? It didn't just happen overnight. It happened because of the small compromises and the choices that you made every single day that amounted to something massive. And that's what I'm looking at. That's what we should be looking at. That's what leaders should be looking at. Or what are the small compromises that I'm making that are amounting to something one day that's going to equate to a fall, to a, um, a disappointment in people looking at us, to falling off the stage one day, to having, quote unquote, being canceled because those compromises matter. And so I'm taking basically an audit of my life because I haven't been perfect. And I've been like, where do I Where do I compromise? Where have I been compromising? Where are you compromising? The sacrifice is worth it of being set apart, of not cussing or not gossiping or not taking that extra drink when you very well could or not wearing that certain thing that can make someone question you. One night of fun is just simply not worth it for a lifetime of regret. It's just not. And it's not to say that God can't redeem that, but we've got to be on mission. We've got to be living differently. And here's the thing, when you are compromising and you're not living in the light and you're making these decisions behind the scenes and you think it's fine, no one's going to see me, it's whatever. The Bible is so clear about how what is done in the darkness will always be brought to the light. In Luke 8, 17, it says, for there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. The truth will always come out. And that's why it's so important for us and for leaders and pastors to look at their life and be like, okay, what am I doing that will eventually be brought out into the light? It's like, whether we like it or not, all the things that we're doing, there's things that I don't want to be brought out into the light, but eventually they will because the truth will always prevail and the truth will always set you free. So the Bible is talking about how the truth will always come out. Everything that is done in the darkness, all the things, the things that pastors have done or worship leaders or whatever, just are not even just them, just everyone in general, politicians, things will be exposed because the Bible is clear that it will be exposed and justice will be served, that God is the God of vengeance and justice. And so he will be the one that exposes these things. And we're seeing that. We're seeing people fall left and right. And it's a shame 
But it's no freaking surprise, you guys, when we look at the end times and we look at what's going on, it's no surprise. Because 2 Timothy talks about this all the time. But mark this, in 2 Timothy 3, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, without without forgiveness, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, but treacherous or conceited lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but, des- but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. Like the Bible is talking about how these people will be exposed and that everything that is in the darkness, it will be brought out into the light. It's talking about, you know, being careful of these false teachers. Be careful of that. I don't know exactly the word, the verse, but it does talk about in the Bible how like people are going to fall. This is all going to be exposed one day. And just to make sure that we are double checking like who we're listening to, who we're, who we're watching, who, what we're consuming, because it matters, y'all. It matters. I just talked about how one night of fun is not worth it for a lifetime of regret. And I'm not saying that there's something that you will always regret or that, you know, like I said, God can't redeem it because I do think God can redeem it. But I do think it is so important to, as being set apart or living in the light, um, to just make decisions that are wise or that are good, that are beneficial, that they're holy, that they're being held accountable to, that people know what you're doing because, there's this German phrase that my grandma said to my dad and my dad passed it on to me. And it goes like this. Besser ist ein schmerzliches Ende als ein Schmerz ohne Ende. Which basically says, better is an end with pain than endless pain. It is better to end something with a little bit of pain and being like, dang, that kind of sucks. That kind of hurts to have to let that go or walk away from that friend group or put the bottle down or put the blunt down or put the porn down or remove my phone or whatever. I know that hurts or to end the relationship that is causing a separation between you and God, that sin that's causing separation between you and God. It's better to end with some pain than to end with endless pain. And it's powerful. That's a powerful statement. Instead of living a life of endless pain, just temporarily have some pain and end it, then live a life full of pain and regret and shame. And I want to read something that it's a, it's a long verse. I know, bear with me. It's long, but I want to read it to you. It's in Ephesians 5, and it goes like this. I'm going to read it on my computer, actually, because my Bible is so highlighted that it's kind of hard to read. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity and covetousness should not be even named among you as it is proper among the saints, which y'all, we are saints. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we go from sinner to saint. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance of the kingdom of God in Christ. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of the wrath of God comes upon these sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are in light of the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in unfaithful works of darkness, but instead 
expose them. For it is shameful to even speak us of things that they do in secret. But when everything is exposed, when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead and Christ will shine upon you. Look carefully how you walk, not as the unwise, but as wise, making the best of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit, addressing another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melodies to the Lord your God with your heart and giving always thanks for everything to the God, the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another for reverence of Christ. That's a long chapter, but boy, is that powerful. So y'all, that whole scripture is talking about how we as children of God are called to be set apart to imitate God himself, imitate him, walk in his love to give a sacrifice to God. Our lives should be a sacrifice where we look at God and we say, God, I know there's things I want to do. I know I may want to date that guy. I know I may want to sleep with him. I know I may want to get drunk. I may want to look at porn. I may want to masturbate. There's so many things I may want to do, but they're not beneficial. The Bible talks about in first Corinthians that everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. It talks about how Don't let there be filthiness coming out of your mouth or sexual morality, but instead praise and thanksgiving to God and letting that no one deceives you. Because again, there are going to be false teachers and empty words and people who say things that you're like, that sounds so nice, but they're deceiving you. And you might be like, well, how do we know? Y'all, you've got to read your Bible. You've got to open up your Bible. There's only one way to know if we're being deceived or what's going on. And that is by reading the word of God. And you're like, where do I start? Start in the New Testament and just read. Start the book of John. Start in Proverbs. Start in Ephesians. Start in 1 Corinthians. And just read because that is how we know the difference between a real teacher, a teacher that walks with God and a false teacher and a false prophet. Because there are times now, we're in the days where people are saying things to get their own benefit, their own pleasure, their own, you know, their own glory. And that's what we got to be careful of is that we're not just letting this false teaching, these things that sound nice, these empty words that just deceive us. It says, do not be partners with them. And then again, it says here, you were once in the darkness when you were a sinner, but now you are in the light. You are a children, a child of light. And so try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. So this is, again, walking in the light of like trying to discern and asking God, God, is this pleasing to you? Does this, is this good? Is it true? Is it holy? Is it right? Does this make me look more like you, God? Does this bring other people to Christ or does it take them farther away? Does this bring me further to you, God, or does it take me farther away? Is this pleasing to you, God? And then also as a Christian, it says, expose the darkness. It says anything that is exposed by the light becomes visible. Like I was saying, what's done in the darkness will be brought to light. And that's what we're seeing is things that are being done in the darkness are being brought to light. Everything will be exposed. And then it says here later, awake, O sleeper. Like people that are sleeping are people that are like, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Who does this even hurt? It's just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It doesn't matter, but it does matter, you guys. It says, awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead and Christ will shine upon you. The more that we renounce sin, we renounce shameful things that are done in the darkness, the more Christ will shine upon us. 
And then it says here, because y'all, we are in crazy times. This is the time to wake up and arise and walk in the light. Because if Jesus comes back tomorrow, how do you want to be found? How do you want to be, you know, gathered by God? Do you want him to be looking at you and you just been walking in sin and all these things and you just been like, it's fine. It doesn't matter. I'm just living my best life. I'm doing me. I'm doing myself. I'm just doing whatever pleases me. Or do you want to be like, Lord, I was waiting impatiently for you. I was bringing people to your name. I was trying to walk a blameless, pure life for you, God. So that's why it says here, look carefully how you walk, not as the unwise, but as the wise, making the best use of your time because the days are evil. And y'all, the days are evil. They are absolutely like I am seeing music come out, albums come out, what people are wearing, how people are wearing Father, Son, Holy Spirit on a bikini, like the blasphemy and the sacrilegious stuff. I know I sound crazy, but y'all it's Satan's not hiding anymore. He is not hiding in the least anymore. It is right in front of our eyes, but people are looking and they're being like, it's fine. Y'all are being so religious. You're being ridiculous. Oh, you Christians. That's when you know we are getting into the end times. When people think we are getting crazy and it's becoming more normal and more everyday and more mundane and it has less weight to it. That's where we got to be careful. So that's why it's saying be wise because the days are evil and do not be foolish and understand the will of the Lord. How do we understand the will of the Lord? We open up our Bibles. And there's this saying from Jonathan Pekluda that people always say like, well, how do I know the will of God? Why isn't God giving me what I want? God, why are you not giving me the desires of my heart? And the Bible says, understand the will of the Lord. The will of the Lord is already written in scripture. And JP says, why would God show you his unrevealed plan for your life if you're not even following his revealed plan? Like, boom, roasted mic drop. Because if you're not already following the will of God, you're not already reading, you're not already like, God, let me serve you. What can I do to know you more? Why would he continue to bless you when you haven't even stewarded the little that he's already given you? So just be mindful of that. I'm not here to put a condemning, judgmental spirit onto you. I'm just saying, y'all, we got to live above reproach. We got to know what the Bible says. We've got to be walking with him. We've got to be set apart. We've got to look more like him and be imitators of him as Ephesians 5 says. And it says here, do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. You cannot be filled with the spirit of God when you're filled with a different spirit. You know what I'm talking about? Like different spirits that are you're either drinking or you're letting into your life with the movies or the music or the things that you're participating in. How can we have both light and darkness in our bodies? How can they coexist? How can we fully be walking with God and his love and who he is if we're entertaining things of the, of the darkness all the time? I'm just here to try to encourage you guys to just live above reproach. Living above reproach looks like walking in confession and accountability. James 5.16 says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. First John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Proverbs 28.13 says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them, finds mercy. So it's like, we got to look at, again, these leaders or people in general, not, not even leaders, maybe even people that you know in your own life. And you're like, dang, how did that happen? It's probably because they were not living in the light and they were not confessing and holding true to accountability. 
It says here, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. It should be a daily habit, a weekly habit of going to friends or going to people you know and being like, I messed up. If you have messed up or you're struggling in your life or there's something going on, y'all, it says here that God is faithful and just to forgive us and purify us. He is a good God that wants to purify you, that wants to set you free, that wants to justify you, that is faithful to you. There is nothing you have done, will do, are doing, can do, anything that can separate you from the love of God, that is past redemption, past his love, past his forgiveness, I promise you. But it takes you participating and taking the first step to be like, God, I need you and I need to confess. And then going to someone else and being like, help me, help me. I need to be redeemed. I need to be set free. I need to be forgiven. I need something. So confess your sins to one another and then have them pray for you so that you may be healed. We need to consistently be going to people and being like, I I messed up again. I struggled. And that's something that I've always been thankful in my friendship with Maddie and my best friends is like, hey, I'm struggling. I feel this. I did this, whatever. Tell someone, even if it's one person. And usually it's the person you don't want to tell the most. The person that you usually want to tell the least is the person you need to tell the most. It's hard. I know. But it's important. I think something, too, that we need to think about is is pride in our hearts because pride always comes before the fall. And that's what I think we've started to see in some of these leaders and not all of them, but I think when people start to get a lot of followers or money and fame and all this traction and people worshiping them and being like, oh my gosh, they're so amazing, they're so amazing, and it gets to your head, yes, you're going to eventually fall unless you constantly come to God and around people with a humble heart. It says in Proverbs 29, 23, a man's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit will obtain him honor. So if you are in a position of power or a lot of people know you or it doesn't matter, y'all, we should always be going to people and to God and saying, God, humble me. Because if you don't say that, he will find a way to humble you. I promise you that. Matthew twenty three twelve says, for whomever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. God will humble the proud and exalt the humble. So that's, I think what we're kind of seeing is that people have started to let go of this humbleness, this, this humble spirit walking in humbleness and just being like, God, I want to, I want to make sure that I'm in right standing with you at all times. That's what being righteous means. It doesn't mean you're proud. Being righteous means that you are in right standing with God. The only person that it matters, the audience of one and saying, God, I want to be right before you, before anyone else. And so it's so important to say this prayer, Psalms 139, 23 to 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious ways. And see if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way of the everlasting. And the thing is, the Holy Spirit will. He will lead you in the way of everlasting. But it takes you again participating and saying, God, is there something offensive in me? Is there something in my mind or my brain or what I'm saying or what I'm doing that's offensive to you? And I think we all have that at some point. All of us have that. I know I have that. But that's living above reproach. That's living in the light is saying, Lord, look at my heart. What is offensive in me? What is not glorifying to me? What is not being an example to others that makes me look like you? What's not imitating you, Christ? Lead me. And here's the thing, y'all. The hope of this all 
is that the Holy Spirit will always guide us. The Holy Spirit will never lead you. He will always help you. He will always guide you. It says here in Romans 8, 26, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses because all of us have weaknesses. I know we do. The weak areas is where we're like, God, help me more because we cannot do this alone. It says the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Y'all, the Spirit will help us. But again, you have to ask for it. John 14, 26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you back to remembrance of all that I've said to you. So when we begin to fail, when we begin to be like, I'm struggling, it says that the Holy Spirit will teach you, but you have to say, God, teach me, help me. I don't know how to do this on my own. The more you ask that, the more he will help you. And lastly, John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And again, the truth will set you free. So ask him for that. I think something that I just want to reiterate is that when we look at people that didn't live above reproach or we're looking at people failing is that it's the reminder to stop putting people on a pedestal. We cannot put people on a pedestal or worship people above Jesus. We just simply cannot. Y'all can't worship me. You can't worship worship leaders. Like you had to check your own intentions of why are you listening to their music or why do you want to watch that thing or why do you want to follow them? Is it because you're making them an idol or is it because you just admire them or you're you're looking at their life and you're, you're like, man, I actually want to like be like that a little bit. I think that's the difference where I think it's okay because as a leader, we are setting an example. Of course, like people are going to look at us and be like, man, I want to look like her because that's the way that as a Christian we should be doing is that we are supposed to be imitators of Christ. But never make me an idol. Never make me an idol. Never make anyone else an idol. You know what I mean? So stop putting hope into people instead of Jesus, because eventually people will fail. I will fail. Everyone will fail, but be gracious to the people that do fail. Pray for them. Don't mock them. Don't slander them. Don't try to gossip about them or whatever. But the thing is that we have to remember is that again, if there is darkness, it will be exposed. The sad thing about all this is that people love to see people fall. When they see it, it's like, <laughs> I knew it. I told you so. Like people love to see it. One day the person can be in and the next day they could be out. Even for me, like one day I could be here and the next day I could be out. That one day I could be in and the next day I'm canceled and I'm gone. But that's a test for everyone in the limelight to be like, what are your intentions? What are you really in it for? Is it for the money? Is it for the status? Is it for the followers, for the accolades, for the benefits? Or is it for simply God and the glory of God and bringing people into that kingdomship? What is it actually for? Because we could all be canceled one day. We could all be in and the next day we could be out. And then really that exposes people's intentions. It really does. There's this quote from James Clear that says, keep ignoring feedback and life will keep teaching you the same lesson. This is for any of us. If someone has repeatedly tried to call you out or tried to bring something up to you and you don't listen, life will have a funny way of teaching you the same lesson. And so does God because he will humble you. Do you learn from your mistakes? Do you learn? Because life will teach you eventually. I just want us to be mindful of what we're mindful of. We should not be giving the enemy an opportunity to even have a foothold in our lives. Because the more that we do, the more susceptible we are to falling. The more susceptible we are to allowing sin into our lives and compromise. And so living set apart, living in the light is tough. I know it, but don't do it alone. 
link arms with someone, link arms with a person, a best friend, someone. Because I know that this life is hard, but that's the thing is I think when we're seeing people fall or our friends or whatever, it's because they didn't listen. They didn't take feedback. They let compromise happen. They weren't accountable. They stopped confessing. They stopped caring and they stopped caring about what God thought. And then they fall and they let the enemy have an opportunity into their lives. They let the enemy have a foothold in their life because they thought it's fine. I'm fine. I don't need anyone. I'm good. I can do this on my own. There's a quote too that says that every bad idea sounds good in isolation. It's the people that are doing things in isolation in the darkness that eventually gets exposed. And I can testify to this 100% because I've had this happen. Things that I've done in, in secrecy, they always got exposed. And it made me look like an idiot. And I was so embarrassed. And I was like, dang, why did I do that? Like, I just feel stupid. And that's why it's like decisions that I make, anything that I do, it's like I always want to ask someone what do you think about this? Is this a good idea? Is this wise? Am I being smart? Ask someone, a pastor, a mentor, a parent, a friend, bounce your ideas off of someone and don't live in isolation because isolation is where the enemy loves to get you. He works in isolation. So I said a lot in that. I said a lot, (laughs) but y'all the sacrifice is worth it. Living set apart is worth it. Even if your life saves one person, it's worth it. And so for me, it's it's hard to live set apart sometimes because it's so easy to be like, no one would know. Like I could have that. I could do this. I could, you know, make this poor decision and no one would know and I would be fine. But again, eventually like it, it will be known. And I think there's a lot of ways that sin can manifest that people can tell, especially if you're very spiritually in tune. Like I can tell when someone's sleeping with their boyfriend or watching porn or when there's an addiction or there's something spiritual in someone, like you can't really hide that as much as you want to. And especially when you're around a lot of believers, people will start to take notice. So even though you think you're fine, it's always better just to go ahead and call it out yourself and bring it to people before they bring it to you. Because like I said, what's done in the darkness will always be brought out to the light. And so as maybe you're a pastor, maybe you work in ministry, maybe it doesn't matter for any of us. Be set apart because that's what the Bible calls us to do is to be holy as he is holy. And it's hard. I know we could all make these decisions, but that's why before you go into the situation, you need to decide what do I want to be? What are the decisions I want to make? What is the example I want to set? And what am I going to decide tonight before going into it? And so I did that. I went to this wedding recently and I said, okay, I'm going to limit myself to one to two drinks. And that is it. And I did. And I was really proud of myself because I went into this event thinking there's a lot of non-believers here that they know who I am because I had actually spoken about God to a lot of the people at this wedding. And I was like, it could probably be very confusing if I am on the dance floor twerking and drinking alcohol. And they're like, wait a dang minute, that something ain't adding up. I'm seeing a, you know, incongruency here. You see what I'm saying? So I didn't even need to have two drinks and I just had it within my people, the people that knew me. And I said, that's it. I'm going to cut myself off. But even in front of other people, I didn't drink. But even then, I look back and I'm like, did I really need those two drinks? So you kind of have to go in and decide the plan ahead of time. Otherwise, you will fail. The Bible talks about without plan, the people don't prosper. The people will see, see, have, have havoc, essentially. So make a plan. Decide who you want to be for anything. Do I want to be a person that is living above reproach? Do I want to be a person that is seen as godly or someone that is seen as kind 
and make the plan and follow through with it. You can't make it in the moment because in the moment you're going to fail. you got to go in there with someone and tell someone, hey, I want to have one drink. I don't want to have any drinks, period. And then have them hold you accountable and ask you. And at the wedding, I had two people be like, Janine, how many drinks? And I said, this is only my first drink. Great. Perfect. So you want people to hold you accountable. But I'm even wrestling with even the alcohol stuff where I'm like, do I need that? So I want to almost take a break from it and be like, I don't even need it to double check yourself. Because if you can't let go of something, then it probably has a hold of you. See what I'm saying? So anyway, I rambled a lot on that podcast and talked a lot, but I hopefully, you know, kind of got my point across about what it looks like to kind of live set apart and and why it matters. And I'm not here to slander any leader that has failed or has morally failed or has compromised or is in question or has had to make public statements because that could be me too. That could be anyone else. That could be you. That could be your neighbor, it doesn't matter. Like that could be anyone at any moment. And I'm not here to point fingers. I'm just here to say, pray for them. Pray for people like that. And look at your own life. Look at that as an example of like, all right, I don't want to be another person that has fallen. So use that as an example and a wake up call because the times are crazy. Y'all times are getting crazy. And so making sure that you are in check, that you're living above reproach and that you're being held accountable, that you're walking this life with other people. I mean, it's sad that I'm seeing this happen over and over within our culture and Christian society, but just remember that those people, I always say this, that that sum does not not represent the whole. That one person does not represent all of Christianity, doesn't represent all leaders, all pastors, all churches, all ministry, because I think a lot of people can just lump us all together and generalize and make a blanket statement and be like, that's why I don't want to follow Christians. But that person has had, you know, probably didn't walk in the light or had something happen. But we pray that God would still redeem them. And God does. And I pray that their alone time when they do step apart from social media, walk away for a bit, that they do get healthy or whatever happens. But don't let that one person sway you or persuade you to be like, oh, all Christians, all blah, blah, blah. Like no one wants to be generalized. No one wants to be like that. So don't do that. You wouldn't want someone to generalize you or think that about you. So don't do that to them. Pray for them, you know, but just use it, use it as an example of like, how am I going to live differently? How am I going to make sure that I don't fall? How am I going to make sure I don't compromise? See what I'm saying? But I hope that, you know, Maverick City or Dante Bo or Matt Chandler, whoever has gone through these moments that they just have more people holding them accountable and that we continue to pray for them and just not be surprised when this keeps happening. Um, And instead just be like, all right, you know what? This is why we can only look to Jesus being our savior and not people. We just can't. We can't look to people as our saviors because they're not. So anyway, I pray this was a blessing. These are just some of my thoughts. I hope nothing was taken wrong. Truly. Um, I love y'all. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I'm going to be traveling quite a bit coming up. So, um, I'm not sure where I will be on this podcast soon, but I think we are going to be wrapping up officially on November 1st for the holidays. And then I will be back coming in hot with some new fun things. So stay tuned for that. Um, But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Let me know if you enjoyed this episode. Share it if you did. I repost pretty much every single time that you guys do post these. And feel free to shoot us a DM on the Happy and Healthy podcast. And I will see you guys again next Tuesday for another episode of Happy and Healthy. Until then, stay happy and healthy. Love y'all. Bye, guys. Bye.